Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in after you retire. We started this show for selfish reasons. We planned on visiting cities earlier this year, spending some quality time not as tourists, but pretending to actually live there to get a real sense and taste of the place. We made one trip in February, which was great, and we were planning for the next trip. Then COVID hit. Yeah. A little background about us. I was born in Brazil, South America, from an Asian family, and grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a college attorney who loves her job working with students, faculty, and staff. I was born and raised in Long Island, New York, and I'm a law librarian working in a court who also loves his job. We've lived in Bayridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. So we will be speaking to folks from around the country who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their intimate secrets. What? Just kidding. But we'll offer information you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hi there. In today's episode, we will be speaking to Sean and Elsie, who made Santa Fe, New Mexico, their dream home. Before we start, here's a brief background of this lovely couple. Sean grew up in Massachusetts, outside of Boston. He attended Notre Dame University and Northwestern Medical School in Chicago. He did his internship in New Orleans. He was drafted into the Army Medical Corps, did his residency at Walter Reed Army Hospital in Washington, D.C. He was stationed in Kentucky where he was chief of a psychiatric hospital. He then moved to complete his residency at the University of Washington. Sean practiced general and child psychiatry in Bremerton, Washington, for almost 40 years. It's funny, every time I meet a psychiatrist, I get nervous. I know they're analyzing me. They're thinking, which drugs should I prescribe for this guy? (laughs) Well, on to Elsie. Um, I know what type of drugs you need, but uh, that's another episode. (laughs) Okay. Elsie was raised in Long Island and moved to the South as a teenager. Her dad was in the military. She attended University of North Carolina at Wilmington and received a master's in rehabilitation of the mentally ill from Seattle University. Hmm. I see where this is headed. These lovebirds met at work. You know, we have a policy against that. Okay. (laughs) And they married. Elsie worked with Sean in private practice and then pursued a career as a florist with an atelier. Oh my God, how cool is that? We have to get that in, Elsie. Just remember that. If I forget, you have to, we want to hear about that. Okay. As a segue to retirement, they did what we now know as a gap year. They moved to Paris for a year. Can this be any cooler? Sean and Elsie, welcome to our program. Please share your journey to Santa Fe with our listeners, and thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for inviting us to the podcast. I wish I could say we had, it was a very long, thought-out process, but unfortunately, we had only visited Santa Fe a couple of times. We more knew where we didn't want to live as opposed to where we wanted to live. So Santa Fe kind of struck us. We've, Like I said, we we're only here a couple of times on a, some medical meetings for Sean, But what we decided to do was move here for six months. We had all our personal items in storage and see how we liked it, see if we could live here. So after renting a furnished house for six months, we decided, well, we could hang our hats here. And we weren't afraid to make a mistake. If it didn't work, we'd move on to some other place. 
And so after about six months, we bought a house here, and that's been 10 years ago now, and uh, we haven't regretted it. We've been enjoying it. We've met a lot of friends, and it's suited us. What other places did you, um, you mentioned that you um, didn't con- include in your consideration? Uh, well, I mean, we lived 40 years in Washington State, and although we loved Washington State, we felt that it had outgrown us. It was no longer the place that we'd moved to 40 years prior. The only two other uh, venues that we thought of maybe moving to, one was Portland, Oregon, and then the other one was uh, Carmel, California. Oh, but we oh wow. The, my yeah, places, I know. Well, we, we love visiting there, but we decided it was not eclectic enough for us. We like a little more variety of people and things like that. And Portland, we figured at the high, at that time, the housing was pretty high and very popular place to be. Although we liked the vibe of Portland, we realized we probably would be living in maybe a condo or a smallish house, more of a city environment. So we thought Santa Fe was more eclectic. We're, our motto is the city different. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that are like 30 and 40 years younger than me. Like everybody's accepting we're uh, a very gay friendly town. It's just uh, we just thought it was more us. Okay, so can you tell us what the main factors were in your thought process in relocating? Well, we wanted to we had like a little wish list. We wanted to where we could be maybe indoor, outdoor living. We wanted to we felt like it had a small town feel, but we still had culture here. There's a world-class opera. We have a mix of cultures. There's, of course, the big Hispanic community. And, of course, the Native American culture is here as well. And it wasn't too big. It's a walkable city where we live. And there's good restaurants. And there's a nice art scene. And uh, the city was very welcoming to us. So that's a few things that attracted us. And it was good food, too. Nice restaurants. And I, I looked up to see, before I moved here, could I buy prosciutto? <laughs> that was my little that was my little benchmark. I thought, okay, I could I could do I could live here. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a very nice farmers market here too in the summertime. Yeah, I love those. Oh, I heard about that. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah. It's very good. I heard that you can get a good breakfast there. Have you had breakfast there? Well, we're not really breakfast eaters. We're kind of just a coffee and a something small and then we have kind of a midday meal, I guess. So I mean, I like breakfast, but I like it for dinner. <laughs> That's one, thing about, one thing unique about the farmer's market here is uh, in the fall, they roast the uh, chilies. And uh, the whole uh, the whole place smells like, uh, like chilies. It's really... Roasted chilies. Roasted yeah. chilies. Very wow. Yeah, I hear the signature dish in that city is um, green chili cheeseburgers. Oh, you know? yeah. 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 We put green chili... And everything. I make green chili cheese souffles. I do the cheeseburgers, you know, anything with eggs, whatever you can add green chili to you do. And, it, and I'm not saying green chili is hot. It can be hot, but it more it has just that taste. You know, you can get anywhere from mild to hot. We prefer like mild to medium. We don't we like the taste, but we don't want to, you know, scorch our mouths so. <laughs> <laughs> and burn your palate. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it, no, it was one of our, uh, I, we go down there, there's a gentleman that still hand roasts them. A lot of them have motorized uh, uh, roasters, but he does it by hand. So he looks at it and when they're just done, 
for the peels to come off, he takes them off. So that's where I usually get mine. And I freeze a bunch for the winter time. So Oh, that's smart. Um, they must have great Mexican food there. Do they call it New Mex Mex, like Tex-Mex? Tex -Mex? Uh, no, it, we call it New, New Mexican food. Tex-Mex is a whole nother variety of food. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't really know how to, to describe it, but it's, you know, green chili heavy and, you know, burritos, that sort of thing. It's it, it's different than Mexican food, but it's New Mexican food. So. Do you have a favorite burrito spot? Uh, well, there's a lot of uh, trucks, uh, you know, that... Uh, food trucks, but uh, not particularly. I don't know. Do you, Sean? No, I don't. Go. I think everybody has their favorite one, so, you know. There's one, one there's a tamale factory here that's particularly nice. Yeah, tamales. Yeah, yeah La Posa, and then there's one down in uh, uh, Albuquerque called El Modelo, which is very good, you know, which is the big thing for Christmas time is the uh, tamales. So it, we, we've been, we're still learning a little bit about uh, that type of, you know, cuisine, but it's, it's really nice. We, we've enjoyed it. So. Oh, well, let me, let me interject here. What about, um, are there any Asian markets? That's like on my criteria list. Well, we used to have a, like a satellite one from a place in the Albuquerque called Tallinn. So you'd have to go down to Albuquerque <laughs> to have the big Asian market where they have fresh vegetables, you know, the Asian vegetables and the slices of meat that, you know, the thinly sliced ribeyes or whatever. But so it's anyway, that's about 50 miles away. And uh, I will say that it's not a traffic -y drive. You know, we're being from the Northwest, there was a lot of traffic and, you know, we zip down there in less than an hour and you know, do a few things. We don't go there a lot, but there's a few things. So that that is, you could go down there. There's an Asian market there. There's also a Costco there. Yeah. Oh, there's a Costco. Okay. <laughs> Albuquerque, yeah. So, and of course, there's <laughs> a the member of Costco. If there's something that we, I just absolutely have to have and I can't find, I just order it online. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Same here. And and I know Gil will want to know this, and I ask this on every show. And this is a factor in in, where, in um, determining where she'll move. Is there a Trader Joe's near you? Yes. Yay! <laughs> yeah. We have Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. We have a place called Market Street, which is sort of like an upgraded Albertsons. It's a it's a Kroger thing, but it's an upgraded one. And they just kind of revamped about a year or so ago. And it's very nice. You, you know, you won't have trouble finding food here. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't live without my Trader Joe's. No. Um, so what about um, health care? Can you talk a bit about that? I'm sure that was a factor. Sean and I don't have any underlying health problems. So it wasn't like a major concern. But since Sean is a physician, he kind of runs interference if there's a problem, you know. Okay, you. And, uh, and we haven't had a problem here, but we but our thought was if we needed something really major, there's always Denver or Phoenix if we had to. But there's, you know, a medical school down in Albuquerque and we have two hospitals here. So I we didn't we didn't think that was a factor. Like I mean, if you're a person that maybe has ongoing health problems and needs a lot of specialized care or something, right, right. that might be an issue. But it, it wasn't for us. Okay. But I, I was reading that Krista Saint Vincent Vincent is a great hospital. Is that do you know about that? Well, yes. They and they recently got a I don't know the exact terminology, but they're linked with the Mayo Clinic now where they have like, you know, can refer people or consult with them. You know, a lot of things can be done by video now, you know, because there's obviously robotic surgery that people do from 
yeah. hundreds of miles away, but they got that accreditation within the year, I'm thinking. So that was kind of a a little star for them, you know, to get that. And there's also Presbyterian Hospital. Uh, that's another uh, kind of a branch. That's well covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. St. Vincent's has a psychiatric unit too, in case you're interested. In case, in oh. case Glenn, I mean, Gene needs one. <laughs> why, why do you say Gene? <laughs> you opened that door. Yeah, I was going to say, you Thanks. opened the door. Yes, okay. Right. We wanted to know that before we were before yeah. went out to visit. All right. All right. On that note, was, was, was weather a factor in, in selecting Santa Fe? Well, yes, it was. We wanted to have that outdoor living, and we have many sunny days per year, although in the wintertime it could be very sunny, but it could be still cold. So, you know, it, it, if you're in the house, it looks nice and cozy, but if you go out, it's cold. But we didn't think, I mean, we like to have the change of seasons. It's a time for the earth to quiet down. It's time for us to quiet down. And, you know, we do get some snowfall, although it's with, we're kind of in a drought situation right now. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a factor. We didn't want a lot of rain. We wanted some rain. Of course, it's at 7,200 feet. Yeah. And uh, there's a ski bowl about five miles out of town. It's, it's pretty usable from the point of view of skiing for maybe through the end of November to March. So there are distinct seasons with uh, outdoor activities, including skiing and in the wintertime, and, of course, golf and fishing in the summertime. Yeah. Hiking. Yeah, we are. We, we say we live at altitude. That's the saying around here. So that was a little bit of adjustment for us to begin with, because we both have just lived at sea level our entire lives. And uh, but we don't have trouble with it now. Some people have trouble with it. They just for whatever reason. But we're OK. We like it now. So. Yeah. So would you say that um, the majority of the year you just have a light jacket um, and um, you know, pretty walkable areas that you don't oh, have yeah. to have a heavy coat. No, I'm, I'm still going out without a jacket. So what is it? The end of October, and we haven't had our fireplace on yet. You know, we use that a lot for the winter time. Uh, yeah, no, it's we do get down to the. You know, we can get below freezing, but it's usually overnight. But it's just, it's like any place. You if you like the place, you deal with it. You know, so yeah, absolutely. It, that's that's a very good point. yeah. So. From the point of view of a garden, it's considered the zone five uh, from the point of view of uh, plants and that thing. So it does get down to close to zero occasionally in the wintertime. So yeah. you can't have uh, tender plants outside. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll get uh, frostbite. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. It's a, we're zone five for agriculture. Right, right, right. Yeah, we're zone seven. Well, and I would, seven you know, we're, we're, we're the northern part of the state, too. Southern part is totally different, but we won't go into that. Okay. Just <laughs> so pleasant. you brought up plants, which is one of my uh, obsessions. Do you have a lot of plants outside that you have to bring in soon? Or we try to do that originally, but we don't, uh, I just replace them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a, uh, our, we have a couple of little. We have a garden in the back, and I consider it kind of a texture garden as opposed to a lot of flowers. But we plant things, and if they don't work out, they don't work out. But we've had pretty good luck. And, like, you know, we had some kind of summer flowers, and now I replace them with some uh, mums for the fall season in different pots. So um, we haven't had a 
problem. No, we, we like to garden. We like to be outside. And yeah. we created a nice little yard. So, Yeah. Do a, lot of, do a lot of people uh, have grass in the yards? No, it's considered, you know, not correct because you're wasting water, watering the grounds. Sure. There are a few older, way older homes that have their own wells. And they, they're the ones that tend to have a little bit more grass because we're on city water. And uh, it's just, it's, we're, we're not totally zero scape landscaping, but uh, yeah, grass is frowned upon. So, Sure, that's understandable. Is, is Santa Fe a green city, would you say? Uh, yeah, I think that just the people are, people try to do that. You know, we try to recycle as much as we can. And uh, yeah, I, I would say it was a green city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially with climate change. I mean, we spend so much time trying to figure out um, how best to recycle everything, you know, and, and one family, we're a family of three and we can generate an entire, you know, 13 gallon bag um, in a mm-hmm. week. Actually, mm-hmm. it's a little, little more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure it's similar um, by you. you know, yeah. And I will say um, some of my younger friends that are in their forties, they, they do much better than I do. They use, they don't use like one use plastics, you know, even saran wrap or anything like that is they don't do that stuff. So they're much more conscious. And I guess I should do that. I probably, it's not as good as I can because it's a matter of convenience or whatever. And then you have some stuff you do have to buy comes in a big plastic container. Yeah. You know, some of the lettuces and stuff and, you know, we do the the best we can and we do recycle So. No, it's a it's a big learning curve for many yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of home, did you guys um, are you in a house? Because I think that you mentioned earlier, are you in a townhouse, a condo. What's no, your- we have a freestanding home, Santa Fe style home. Adobe is the structure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of choice here, and since we live in the historic district, there are limitations on what can be built here, and uh, so ours is Adobe, or it's I call it faux Adobe. Because it's not the traditional. <laughs> We're not made out of bricks. It's it's a, a stick frame house, but it's adobe on the outside. And then we have portals, which are essentially covered porches. And we have Kiva fireplaces. And uh, there's a lot of curves to the interior structures of the houses, you know, kind of smooth. And yeah, so we have about, it's about 2,200 square foot home that we live in. Oh wow! So we have we have a little patio on the outside, and then we have a big portal, and then I call it the lower garden. Yes, <laughs> we the back. So anyway. that's right. The florist, the florist. Yeah, uh, and I and I know our listeners can't see this, but that looks like um, a sky um, a sky roof over your head, right? Or, oh yeah, or, yeah. Uh, skylights, uh, yeah. Skylight. yeah. Skylights, yeah. Skylights, yeah. So yeah, that's that's, nice. a, that's, a, that's that's a common feature too. Skylights, mm-hmm. and we have. You know, in our other, not this room, but we have Vigas and Latias. So they're like high ceilings with big wooden logs. So wow. it's uniquely, you know. This, gorgeous. You know, actually, this is probably uh, one of the few places in the United States that has our type of architecture. In, in, okay. in Mexico in general, you know. It's different than from East Coast or whatever. So it's yeah. Adobe right. style. Yeah, it's very unique. And yeah. are, are you on a, a single level? Do you have a basement? No, we, it's a single level. Uh, basements are very rare here. Only a very older home will have a basement. But that was one of our uh, things. We wanted just single level when we bought a house. Right. That's what I'm looking for as well. Just easier yeah. to get one around. One caveat about uh, 
architecture is uh, really controlled quite tightly by the historical society. And so some people become disenchanted when they they want to put in a a particular structure that doesn't fit into the historical background. They put the kibosh on it. It becomes a problem for uh, some people who want to move here. They don't have the same freedom in terms of building what they want. Yeah, it might like you couldn't build a modern house down where we live. You know, there's some pla- there's some outlying areas where you could do that, but yeah, but it sounds like you have you know more than everything you need in the style and design. And um, I mean, I like clean spaces, so yes. it sounds like you have and you have plenty of square footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one big house. Yeah, and well, here's a tip for retired people: if you're moving, do some heavy duty decluttering. I mean, I never thought I was had a lot of stuff. Yeah, I was but, just going to ask you about that. Uh, but it was like, uh, if you have a sp- spot and you put something there and you're not really using it, you kind of leave it there if it doesn't bother you. But right. then w- when we when we were moving out of our house that we've been in for almost 30 years in Washington, we were, we were pretty brutal. But number one, we didn't even know where we we're going to go. So we, we weeded down. It, you know, it doesn't take one pass through. You do it several times. And then we finally got here. I still was probably weeding out stuff for the next couple of years. And I, not, and so I, I feel like now we're in a spot where we only have stuff that we need or that we like. So I'm happy about that. So you don't have like a storage bin area? Well, we have a little space in the garage, you know, and then we have some closets, but we don't, we don't store a lot of stuff anymore. Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. We're, we think a, that we should start packing now. There's a saying in Sweden, they do it's, 65 years old they start doing death cleaning where they start getting rid of stuff that you know they don't want and they think their kids don't want you know just like let's let's get rid of it so and there's a lot of consignment stores here in in santa fe too oh that's neat that's kind of interesting yeah yeah i find that we've you know when we give away a ton uh, you know a ton of bags we wind up staying in that store um you know the goodwill and then i'm shopping so yeah. what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know? As long as you haven't bought something that you donated the previous week, I guess you're okay. Yeah, yeah. A girlfriend and I just went shopping last week and she looked at this great little this little ceramic um Asian house and she wanted to put it in a backyard and she said, What do you think of this? And I said, Oh, well, it's really cute. I, I saw that as well. But if we're gonna start um packing or moving in, you know, ten years, whatever, where are we gonna put this? And mm-hmm. she put it back down and I felt so bad. Well, well, that's okay. Sometimes you need a reality check. She's asking you, what do you think? Well, you know, do you really want that? So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um when you moved and I'm sure you know things are different now, or are, are you near your relatives? Um are you guys far from uh family? Is that a is that a factor? Uh, well it's not a factor. You know, most of our adult lives we haven't lived close to relatives for Maybe about yeah, five years, my older sister lived about a mile from me in Washington, but then they moved to the other side of the state. And then my brother's in New York, and then I have two sisters in North Carolina. And it's not like you're you're less than a plane ride away if you need to go see somebody. So it, it wasn't a factor for us. And especially well, now during... I'm sorry? I contact with my family. Most of my relatives have passed away. We don't have any real... Uh, <laughs> and I would say that's as a factor too. If you're ten years from retirement, you know you're going to change in ten years. 
and maybe your son's going to be married and move someplace else. And so it's it, the, the, it gets to be a, not as an important factor. I'm going to say that that's talking for us though. So. Yeah, no, I, I think we're in the same camp. I mean, I'm uh, from a very large family and Gene's from, uh, he's got three siblings. I have six, um, but we're all on the East coast at this point. All right. So, um, what are their, what were their competing interests, um, in, in the selection that was the cost of living? Um, can you talk about that a little? Yeah, it's not a cheap town, but I mean, it's not that expensive either. It wasn't really a factor because we kind of live within our means, <laughs> you know, wherever we are, we don't spend too much or, yeah, it wasn't, uh, there's a lot of wealthy people in Santa Fe. And there's a lot of part-time people in Santa Fe, but it's like you you get you get your niche, you know, where you are in the strata of the society where you live. So uh, it it didn't, but that wasn't a big decision for us. More it was more like a open, you know, clean air, less traffic, walkability, more kind of um, personal things like that. I guess. Well, one caveat is that this tax structure in the state is. Is rather draconian. They tax every damn thing you can own, including your Social Security. Yeah, we're one of eight states that they do tax oh, wow. Social Security here. So, and they're always trying to change it, but it hasn't gotten changed yet. But and they have uh, got a high sort of sales tax as well as a state income tax. So that that could put off a, a number of people. I think it didn't bother me too much because we just factored it into what we have to live on. Right. What about other taxes we've heard about um, from other areas like um, service tax? I feel like our property taxes are high here, but, uh, you know, they're in other locations, you know, they might fund things in a different way. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think our property taxes are high here. Yeah, and we just learned that... Um, in Virginia, in, in Virginia, there's a tax on cars. So if you have um, a, a fancier vehicle, um, you might get charged more. Is there? Yeah, that no, no. We had. That's funny that you mentioned that because when we got a car, it's been several years ago now. I thought, oh my god, we're going to have to pay a big tax to license this in New Mexico, you know? Because we we bought it in Colorado, and we came down here and it was like less than a hundred dollars. I thought, oh, okay, that's not so bad. So wow. I thought I thought we we're going to be taxed on the value of the car or something but it wasn't just okay. the just the personal income tax and it's not that bad it's not that bad well uh the, the state is uh very nice to veterans and that might be a factor in some people trying yeah. to decide mm -hmm. you get all kinds of breaks if you're a veteran yeah sean we got a tax break because he's a veteran <laughs> on the uh property uh, the property taxes so oh that's great yeah i know <laughs> that's yeah. kind of nice i get a, a fishing license for a dollar because i'm a veteran yeah <laughs> well you, you, well, you fish yes yeah. yeah, he fly fishes yeah we're a big fly oh, fishing wow. state too northern area so is that um a, a long drive away no it's about 45 minutes okay it's the pecos river drainage uh, it's a lot of trout both oh, nice. and brown trout. Oh, so you must catch a lot, right? And then you get home, yeah. and then you guys I, like well, I throw them back in again. Catch and release. Ah, yes, yes. 
good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> He's caught the same fish five times. Like, hey, <laughs> no, I, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> but as a fish, you don't know. You as, don't a know. Fish, as a fish is caught and released, they do get a little wily. Yeah, you know, like hey, I, hey, that doesn't look so real to me. That fly. <laughs> do you yeah. go with John Elsie? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I have a couple of times, but I'm just kind of sitting on the bank, and uh, he he goes himself, or he'll have a friend go with him, and sometimes they hire a guide. So there's a lot of other possibilities. Yeah, you uh, also you also have to start really early, right? In the morning, like four or three. No, no? not really. Yeah, not fly fishing. Not fly to, fishing. You gotta get the sun up in the sky to wait for the trout wake up. Oh, okay. See, yeah. that's how much I know about fishing, which I want to do, by the way. But okay. <laughs> but spe- speaking of sports, there are no uh, professional sports teams in New Mexico. Does that bother you at all? Uh, no. Uh, if you're in New Mexico, your team is either the Denver Broncos or the Dallas Cowboys. And a lot of people go up to Denver. It's about a four and a half, five hour drive, and go up there for the weekend for a game. So uh, mm-hmm. no, I mean. Mm-hmm. No, we're more like watch it on TV if we want to. So, yeah. Yeah, the minor league uh, baseball team in uh, Albuquerque, the uh, Isotopes. Uh, Which I love that name, the Isotopes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a great it's name. so cool. Their logo is like a little nuclear fusion thing. Yeah. But I wow. think the uh, the Isotopes, I think, are a farm club for the uh, Denver Rockies, their baseball team. Yeah, that's impressive. I wow, wouldn't have yeah. known that. And, and <laughs> speaking of Isotopes, do, do you ever go to Roswell? We've been through it, but I mean, you're probably thinking about Los Alamos more. Or I mean, for the for the uh, you know nuclear the lab, you know that's where the uh, national lab Oppenheimer was. You know, that's where Opera, Oppenheimer was uh, headquartered up there. We do. We get around. We you know go sightseeing and you know travel around the southern part of the state. And uh, but uh, yeah, we also have a lot of. Since you mentioned Los Alamos, nearby is Bandelier National Monument, which is cliff dwelling. Pretty nice to see. You can climb up some ladders and look inside the caves and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of things to do here, you know, different than other parts of the country. And I'll tell you, Europeans love Santa Fe. I mean, the Southwest is so uh, unique considering Europe and Asia. So they really like the Southwest. So we see we, there's a lot of international tourists that come here on a usual, you know, summer, not this year, but a usual summer. So. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Um, yeah. How far are you from um, an international airport? Well, Albuquerque is an international airport, but it mainly goes down to Mexico. If you want to go international, you usually from Albuquerque, you'd either go to, depend w- which direction you're going, you go to LA, Denver, or Chicago, or Atlanta. But there is a direct flight from Albuquerque to New York. Oh. And that wasn't an issue for us. We travel as much as we want to travel and wherever we want to travel so right 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 okay good to know and, and you fly out of albuquerque usually yes mm-hmm. yeah we go to, out of albuquerque there's a place in uh, an airport in santa fe but there's not a lot of flights they're trying to increase it but uh since there's a few flights on the occasion your a flight is um canceled you're out of luck you know at least then in albuquerque they'll stick you on another one what do you think of the people in, in- Santa Fe. It's a very open community. Uh, we've met a lot of people here, friendly people. You know, we can go, you know, to a restaurant, say, and a lot of times you like to go to happy hour. So you're kind of in a bar situation, but people just 
start talking. You know, you'll talk to people that you haven't never met before. They could be from Santa Fe or could be from someplace else. But we've met a lot of nice people here. And there's a lot of very interesting people in this town that come here either to live permanently or they just have a, you know, a part time home here. So, no, and they're very intelligent people, too. There's uh, yeah, we haven't had any problem with, you know, we enjoyed the, the town a lot. So and I, and I feel that they kind of uh, accept you where you are. They don't need to know your history or whatever. You know, you kind of just meet and wherever you are at it in your life, which I, I kind of like that. So. Yeah, me too. And, and classically, the uh, population is divided three ways. There's the Native Americans, the Hispanic, and the what they call the Anglos, you know. But uh, but they tend to get along pretty well with one another. There's no not much in the way of friction uh, from the different uh, population groups. Well, we did have a little incident, you know, recently on the... Uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, they ripped down the obelisk in the uh, plaza, which has been controversial for years. So, so that was kind of you know, it, and it, it probably should have been changed a long time ago. But they just you know, it was kind of reached a tipping point. But we're pretty much a peaceful city. There's protests are usually more uh, genteel or something, just signs or people walking around. It's nothing. Uh, it's also the capital of the state, so. The legislature meets here every year, and of course that drives, uh, you know, different political yeah interests, groups and yeah. whatever. So Wanting to change things. There's right. an animated uh, situation with political intrigues and whatnot. It's kind of interesting, but uh, you know, it doesn't really uh, affect us directly very much. Sure, and it's been it's been a very interesting year to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've had our share of protests. Um, can you tell us what a typical day looks like? You guys involved in hobbies or just give us a or typical day. Do you volunteer? I'll give us a typical pre-COVID day. How's that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We like to, you know, do exercise. So there was a exercise studio, studio that I would go to and it was a resistance band training, which I enjoyed a lot. And I, you know, I enjoy the people that I exercise with. They're mainly women. And then Sean likes to swim. So we joined kind of a health club that he's a member of where they have like a weight room and a pool and hot tubs. We would do that. And then um, I do some volunteer work once or twice a week. And then, you know, uh, if there's a museum opening or some or gallery opening, a new you know art exhibit, we might go to that, go to lunch, enjoy the outside. I Now that COVID's here, I just do walking. I walk about four miles a day. Nice. Uh, just to kind of clear my head and get outside, um, enjoy the outside. We still stream our classical music station from Seattle. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, nice. it's funny because I was talking to a fellow and he goes, yeah, yeah we still stream our, our station from Boston. <laughs> so uh, you can have your music wherever you go. So uh, yeah. We, yeah. We enjoy the outside. Yeah, well, prior to the advent of the pandemic, I was worked uh, intermittently in uh, locum tenens positions in different hospitals around the state. And uh, I'm not doing that now. I probably won't uh, resume it either after the thing. I'm getting kind of fed up with working at times, through. It would be from, from some, somewhere between one to six weeks, depending upon the, the gig, you know. So. I worked at the state hospital for five years here yeah. in Las Vegas. 
New Mexico. And, uh, he had, t- had a hard time giving up his professional uh, persona, I guess, for a while. But yeah. I think he's come to terms with it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Sean, you still can uh, have your little private practice in the uh, other thousand square feet of the house. Yeah, well, <laughs> theoretically I could, but the malpractice there. Exposure was such that I wouldn't make any money. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. It would be totally pro bono. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you talk about museums. I read about one that that I'm a little confused about. I think it's the Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf. Okay, Meow Wolf. It's hard to explain. It's uh, kind of interactive art. You go and Gosh, how can you explain it? Well, you go in there and there'll be a refrigerator. So you open the refrigerator and there's actually a slide that you go down. And then when you come out, you're like in another room. Or or to access another room, you have to crawl through a fireplace. So nothing is what it seems to be. Hmm. And they have a lot of tactile things. Of course, it's closed down now because there's so many tactile things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's like an interactive art experience. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, this, it's uh, kind of fascinating. I've taken some people from out of town there. <laughs> that's that's about as best I can say. You know, it was established by the fellow that wrote the something Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. George George R yeah. R Martin. Yeah, he lives here. He lives here. See, oh wow, so he does stuff in the community. So we have we have people that you know we have big name people that live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, movie actors have places here. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of movie stars have some places here. Okay, let's see. Any other questions? Yeah, I'm trying to think. You guys covered a lot. Yeah, you were great. I I actually, now is a good time. Elsie, I'd like to, I'd love to hear about your uh, days of um, being a florist, working an atelier. Well, that's kind of a fancy name for, I was working out of my garage. (laughs) 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 Well, I, uh, Sean uh, closed his private practice and then he worked for about eight years for an HMO. And that was kind of a segue to retirement. We closed the private practice so we didn't have the burden of all the overhead and everything. So since I was his office manager, administrator, whatever you want to say. Um, so that was my time to, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And I always had an interest in, you know, gardening and floral stuff. So I took a small course in floral design. Um, floral work is actually can be very difficult because it's actually like gardening inside. Mm-hmm. You know, the flowers you get have to be prepped and trimmed and you have to do it. And so that there's a lot of work. It's like, you know, buying your vegetables from the store. They got to be peeled and washed and cut up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can extrapolate that to floral floral work. So then I got a, so after I did that, I got a job at a floral place that was in the Four Seasons Hotel in Seattle nice. to kind of learn more about flowers. And then when I stopped doing that, I started having my own business. And then I would do uh, like floral designs for restaurants or parties, or I would have like some clients I had where I would have an arrangement once a month, you know, for them and take it to their house. And, uh, you know, that, that is one aspect that I I do miss not having my floral work. I sort of tried, tried it here, but being at 7,000 feet, flowers react differently. Oh, you know, because things evaporate 
faster than they can possibly drink up the water. Oh, that's so if interesting. That, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm kind of uh, sorry about that. Like I said, I, I gave it a try, but it just it didn't work out for me. It's just totally different. I mean, some beautiful arrangement that you'd see in Seattle would, wouldn't look right here, you know, just because of sure. the the desert atmosphere or whatever. It's like tropicals or something. They have yeah. their place in Hawaii, but then they don't look so good in a different situation. Yeah. But I think it's amazing though. You took a course and then you started having clients. I mean, well, I mean, I had to go out and get them. You know, I went, yeah, I, but I still, thought, well, you're going to do something or not. So I, there was one restaurant and I did, it was around Mother's Day or Easter. I forget which one I did first. I think it was Easter and then I did Mother's Day. So I did them a promo. I said, you know, some Didian orchids and a little square thing with some, all, it was all pretty. And so I took three there and I said, you know, are you interested in doing this for Mother's Day or for Easter? And they said, oh, yeah, we are. So that's how I started. And then they uh, opened another restaurant down in Tacoma and I would do their flowers down there. So uh, it yeah. was fun. I, I mean, enjoyed it. It was my creative side, you know, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. So. Yeah. I mean, it's so different from your, you know, what you did before. So that, that to me, I love, I think yeah. that's great. Well, I always, have, I always have my little creative side, something on something going, you know? Yeah. Trying how, to, how about um, things like pottery? I mean, I'm sure there's tons of pottery. Yeah. Classes. Well, um, and actually, you know, we do uh, this for people that want to maybe further a hobby or something. We have Santa Fe community college and they have like photography, you know, golfing, um, spiritual things. So it's kind of nice, you know, that you, they have a lot of courses if you want to learn how to do something. There was, I did take a high altitude baking course there because when I first got here, I was kind of suffering, you know, because <laughs> things react different at 7,000 feet. So, um, so there's a lot of courses like that, but pottery, you know, of course we have the Native American pottery and that's a whole different uh, ball game. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, there's a lot of artists here, you know, that do their, you know, their specialty work. And yeah, it's a very eclectic community. That's about all I can say, you know. It's a major attraction. Yeah. If you're interested Mm -hmm. in that, which I am, but so, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Is there anything um, that we missed that you'd like to add? What about something that outsiders wouldn't know or or tourists wouldn't know? Anything kind of stands out like a scene? Well, I I, I could suggest that Taos isn't very far from here, but 25 miles, and, and that's a, a very interesting community, and there's certain easy access to get there. They have a lot of very interesting cultural and artistic uh, things up in towns that uh, sort of complement Santa Fe in a way, but in another way, they're quite quite different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was to say Santa Fe and Taos are different. You, you can't you have to kind of live for a little bit to get the you know what what it is. I guess yeah. my only my parting thing would be is if a person is looking to retire in a place and they're not sure pack up I mean put all your stuff in storage and rent there for six months and see how you like it you can't lose anything you know you just see if you can settle in and if it doesn't work out if you have a plan b try that that's that's what I would say yeah no that's great advice and I and I agree and we have to be flexible in that in our thinking in that way yeah and don't be afraid to make mistakes that's what right. we said. You know, if it doesn't work out, we'll move. You know, it's not like it was a you know life or death decision. So, right, right. Oh, I have one final question. When you guys um, went to Paris for a year, were there any thoughts while you were there that you would stay there longer? Well, there's issues with the visas and things like that. So we we had a visa for a year, 
and it would be a, a lot to renew it. And this goes for any place in what they call the Schengen company, uh, Schengen countries in in Europe. At the time, there was fourteen. I think there's more now because because we we're thinking, oh well, you could go to France and then go to Germany for a while and then come back. But no, <laughs> that's a Schengen company, a uh, country. Excuse me. So you can't do that. Uh, we did not relish coming back to the United States. We could have definitely been longer there. Of course, there were, you know, being on our own, not backed up by a company, like some people go to live in Europe and they, they're working for a company or something or the government. Uh, you know, there's health things. If we got sick. We did have the American Hospital in Paris, but we're obviously paying out of pocket for that. And we didn't have any dental problems, but I thought, God, please don't let me have a dental problem. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, we love the la- the lifestyle. We absolutely love that every minute minute of it. And we were very sad to come back. But we have gone back for three months at a time. That was the limit without a visa. And mm-hmm. we've gone back for a couple of weeks. So it's not like you can't go back. But, you know, just, um, yeah. That's- and the, uh, the visa situation is... Uh- is complex in Europe because of their unemployment problems. So you, you have to sign statements that you won't work and uh, all sorts of things like that. So you, sure. It's not necessary for U.S. people, but for other countries. So it's got to be across the board. We had, a, you know, we, we had a lot. There was, it was a lot of work to get there for the year. And we yeah. took our dog, too, at the time. So oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> but we're not going to desert him for a year. So he came with us. And that was a lot. After all this work. Nobody even looked at them because they had all this paperwork, you know, I was going to show and they could just go on, go on. So I said, okay, all right. Oh, that was so and, sweet, though. But that was another thing. Uh, uh, we had to find a vet in, you know, for emergency or something. Yeah. And that was uh, Monsieur David. Oh, that was that was Not yeah. So you're, you're, there's so many things you have to learn to do differently. But yeah. I will say when we lived that year in Paris, I learned more about America than living as an American. Yeah. How we were viewed by the rest of the world and what they thought of us. So yeah, it's quite a bit of uh, yes. culture shock when we returned too. Yeah, a very big culture shock when we returned, especially going to the grocery stores. It was like I, I really cried. I mean, just the quality of food is so different here. You know, they it's kind of a, a religion in France. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, I've you don't buy a potato. That. You buy a potato from a certain region. They all have their names. Yeah, yeah, no, wow. it's it's quite different. So I think we've covered everything and more. Um, yes. It's it's such a treasure. It was so nice to meet you guys. And, and it sounds like you love it there. Oh yes, we we absolutely do. You know, and I think it's got to be your mindset too. You know, nothing's perfect in this world, but we've enjoyed it here, and we're happy where we are at this point in our lives. So factors absolutely. into what your retirement's going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think I'd go back to Massachusetts to see the second coming of Christ. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. You might go back. You might go back to see the Red Sox beat the Yankees or something like that. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, we'll wrap up the session then. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so we much. We so appreciate you. this. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Are we, are, are we, not, are we finished with the show? We're still on. We're still oh, on. Okay. okay all right. <laughs> so um, um, we'll be in touch and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank all you. Okay. We hope you enjoyed our show and we'll join us again. And if you know someone who relocated after retirement or before or during and wishes to share their story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. 
Our information will be in the show notes below. They include our email address, gg at retirethere.com. The two G's are for Gil and Jean. Our website is retirethere.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Remember the underscore or you'll get us mixed up with someone else. 